Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Cody Sports Podcast. This one's going to be primarily based around the NHL since a lot's happened in the last 24 hours. We have a lot to talk about, a lot of moves being made, a lot of teams getting ready for that push for the start of the season. So I'm going to dive right in here and <clears throat> first start off that uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand was traded to Seattle for a 2023 third and a 2024 fourth. Bjorkstrand is 26 years old. He had 28 goals, 29 assists, led the team in goals, two ahead of line A eh, in 80 games. Bjorkstrand to me is a solid top six winger. He will be for a long time. This is a really good move for Seattle. I think they win this trade going away. And this to me shows that Columbus had to free up some cap space to fit Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Line in, which we'll get to this next. Patrick Line, 24, resigns with the Columbus Blue Jackets immediately following this trade for four years at $8.7 million per season. He had 26 goals, 30 assists for 56 points in 56 games. That's that's just a solid deal to me. $8.7 million per season. The cap's only going to go up for a guy that could potentially win the Rocket Richard. He has that kind of talent. Sky's the limit for him in Columbus. They're putting together a really, really solid core. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which brings me to the next thing. Pierre-Luc Dubois, he's also 24, signs a one-year deal with Winnipeg at $6 million. It's a qualifying offer. There was a lot of rumors surrounding this said person that he was going to be moved for a pretty good haul to Montreal. He's been rumored and attached to Montreal for a long time. Both the player want it, the team want it, but looks like he's staying put for now. I mean, they could still turn around and move him. I mean, it's quite known that he doesn't want to be there. He accepted what he could get, it looks like. He had 28 goals and 32 assists for 60 points in 81 games last year. Now the big boy. Matthew Tuchuk. It finally happened. Tuchuk traded to Florida, immediately signs a $9.5 million eight-year contract extension. The full trade is Calgary gives up Tuchuk and a conditional fourth rounder for Mackenzie Weger. Jonathan Huberdeau, a lottery protected first in 2025, which I assume moves to 2026, if it's top 10, and Cole Schwinn. So, to me, going away from this, Florida kind of gave up too much here. I know that Huberdeau probably didn't want to stick around. He's going to need a raise. He's making $5.9 million. And this his last season of his deal, he's he could get ten, eleven million somewhere else. He he's that kind of player. Mackenzie Wegar, kind of the same thing. He will need a raise. He's making three point nine million, I believe, on this the last year of his deal. So basically, that alone to me would have been enough to bring in a Matthew to Chuck. I mean, you're already giving up your best winger. He had 115 points last year for Tuchuk. So 
I don't know why you gotta add in this lottery protected first and this prospect. They kind of overpaid. I mean, they got their guy. That's not, taking nothing away from Tuchuk. Tuchuk, I, I really like the way Matthew Tuchuk plays the game. He's one of the best power forwards in the NHL. He gets in there, gets into the dirty area, scores those dirty goals. He's a good playoff kind of winger to have. But going away from this, as far as pure value, Calgary won this trade. I mean, especially they could liquidize the assets they got alone in this trade at the trade deadline this coming season, and they could make out like bandits. I mean, you got to look at it that way in terms of, well, they're not going to resign with us either, so we'll just flip them to somebody else and we'll get a huge haul, you know. But I'll go through the stat lines here and run through this. Jonathan Huberdeau, 29 years old, 80 games played, 30 goals, 85 assists, 115 points. It was a career year for him. He really, really shined this year. I mean, how couldn't you on a stacked team like Florida? But I digress. Wegar, he's 28, also played in 80 games. Eight goals, 36 assists, 44 points, and he was a plus 40 on the season. I mean, I really like Mackenzie Wegar. He really stepped up in Aaron Eckblad's absence when he got hurt. And I believe that he could be a top-pairing guy for Calgary moving away, at least for this season. So right there, you, you, you're filling out your roster. You got Huberdeau, you got Wegar back. Huberdeau kind of replaces the loss of Johnny Gaudreau. In a way, like they kind of go tit for tat with one another. Then you got the Cole Schwinn. He's 21, former third rounder in the 2019 draft. He's only played in three NHL games so far. He he hasn't recorded a point yet. He's minus four, but he has high upside. He could be a third line guy someday. Maybe maybe push for a second line spot. And then this lottery protected first, which. I mean, I know it's probably not going to be a high pick, especially in 2025, because if it is, it'll be protected. But in 2026, even, it won't be a top-tier pick. As good as that roster's assembled in Florida, there's no way that that's going to slip down into that area. I mean, if it does, somebody's getting fired. <laughs> Calgary, on the other hand, gave up Matthew to Chuck, who's 24, 82 games played, 42 goals, 62 assists, 104 points. Also a career year for him. A lot of that's kind of playing with Johnny Gaudreau, I think. I mean, they kind of fed off of each other. You had the Chuck getting in there, getting in the dirty areas, getting the puck. Gaudreau snapping it around. Then you had a good two-way player in Elias Lindholm to kind of hold it all together. I mean, they really had a good setup last year. Sucks that it had to end like that, but it's the way she goes sometimes. I recently posted a question on uh, this app to uh, see who had the best offseason in the NHL so far. That was before this big trade with Florida and Calgary. So I'm kind of just going to throw Florida and Calgary in there because they shuffled the deck pretty heavily. I mean... Florida got their guy, signed long-term, eight years. Calgary got two 
very good players in their prime. Will they resign there? Maybe. But even if they don't, they could flip them. But to me, so far, I'm going to run through a few teams that I think had the best offseason so far. And I'm going to say first in a way that the Detroit Red Wings have taken a lot of steps forward in this rebuild. I could look for them to push for a playoff spot next year. They added David Perron, top six winger, good goal scorer. They added Andrew Kopp. He's in his prime, good top six player. You got Ben Sherratt. He could be in your top four as far as defensemen and Olimata. I mean, they're kind of really filling out that back end there. I like that too. Perron, he's 34 years old, 27 goals, 30 assists last year. 57 points. He only, <clears throat> excuse me, he only played in 67 games and put up 57 points. So if he can keep a pace like that up in Detroit, they'll, they'll be just fine. Andrew Kopp had 13 goals, 22 assists for 35 points with the Jets, but he was traded at the deadline to the Rangers, where he also put up eight goals and 10 assists for 18 points. Sherratt, he's 31, more of a Defensive guy, 7 goals, 11 assists, 18 points, a minus 18 in 54 games played with the Habs. That minus 18's kind of a lot, like, contributed to the Habs not having a very good roster at the time. They were pretty, pretty crappy there for a while, for lack of better words. But then he had two goals and six assists for eight points and a plus four for the Panthers in 20 games. So you can see right there he started to turn it around as soon as he left Montreal. Ole Mata, he's 27, played in 66 games, had one goal, seven assists, was a plus 17 for the Kings. I'm a big Ole Mata guy. I think concussions kind of really hindered what he could have been capable of here in Pittsburgh. I liked him a lot when he played here. It's good to see him bounce back and then go to a team that is looking to take a lot of good steps forward, maybe winning a Stanley Cup in the next five to six seasons. Columbus, they're another team to me that just bolstered their roster tenfold. They added Johnny Gaudreau, 82 games played, 40 goals, 75 assists, 115 points for Calgary last year. Then, like I stated earlier, they re-signed Patrick Laine. To one heck of a team-friendly contract, if you ask me, for four years. That'll allow them to make more moves going forward to really make that push for the playoffs. And that's what a lot of this is going to be centered around, is how good they made their roster, and and now if now is the time to do so. Columbus, they have a lot of prospects in the system coming up. Cole Sillinger, Chinikov, to name a few, and... I think they'd be ready to make that push. Ottawa is another one I think had one hell of a good off season. They kicked off the chaos, so to speak, when they acquired Alex DeBrincat. They also signed Cam Talbot, Holden, and of course Claude Giroux. Giroux, he's thirty four. He had 57 games played for the Flyers, 18 goals, 24 assists for 42 points, but then was flipped at the deadline to the Panthers, where he played in 18 games and had 23 points, 3 goals, and 20 assists. To me, going away, Giroux's not... He's on the back nine of his career. 
I mean, it's just the way it is. It's a, it's a young man's game, you know. But at the end of the day, he still has two or three solid good seasons left of top caliber play. And for Ottawa to acquire something like that, especially where Giroux grew up, he grew up in Ottawa. But I'm sure it's a good time for him and his family. But when they, when they go out and acquire a guy like that, that really just solidifies their top six. I mean, they had guys taking big leaps and bounds forward last year. You had Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, Tim Stutzla did very well last year. Adding a guy like Giroux to the mix, I mean, it's it's hard to tell. Sky's the limit, you know. Especially adding Alex Debrinkad, who's 24. 82 games played last year, 41 goals, 37 assists for 78 points with the Blackhawks. I mean, those two players alone, adding those to any team's top six, would make them contenders. I mean, you're looking at a guy that's capable of putting up 40 alongside another guy. And, I mean, they have the young talent there and the core to really make a push. I look for them to at least be a wild card team next year. There's no excuse if they're not. And then they shore up the net. They bring in Cam Talbot. He's 35. He played 49 games in Minnesota. Had a 32-12-4 record with a 9-11 save percentage and a 2.76 goals against average. He also picked up three shutouts. Those are really solid numbers behind a defensive-based team in Minnesota. I mean... I think it's a good move moving forward. I mean, they had Anton Forsberg in that. He did solid enough. They got out from under the Matt Murray contract. So they free up space there. Then they brought in Nick Holden. Left D, 76 games played, 5 goals, 14 assists. Solid maybe bottom four guy on that team. I mean... He won't hurt them, I'll put it to you that way. He's a pretty solid young player. And then last on my list is the Carolina Hurricanes. Although they lost a few key pieces and Tony D'Angelo and others, Nino Niederreiter, they brought in Brent Burns, who's 36, so he's nearing his twilight of his career. But he also put up 55 points in 82 games for San Jose, who was near the bottom of the standings last year. So he still has a lot in the tank that he could provide for this team and a lot of veteran leadership. Same with another guy here, Max Pacioretty. They acquired him. Always been a big Pacioretty fan, even when he was a Hab. I'm not a big Habs fan, but I like Max Pacioretty. <laughs> he played in 39 games, had 19 goals, 18 assists for 37 points. In 39 games, I mean, that's that's a very solid pace at moving away. I mean, you throw him into the mix with a guy like, or guys like Ajo, Spachnikov, Teravainen, young players like Marty Natchez. Got one hell of a core there. Burns kind of softens that blow of losing Tony D'Angelo, too, what he brings to the table. I mean, that, that defense now is... Probably one of the best, if not the best, in the NHL with Slavin, Pesci, Burns. Moving away, I mean, that's pretty solid top top three guys right there. 
but yeah, I really enjoyed the last 24 hours. I mean, this trade with the Chuck and Florida and Huberdo and Wegar, I mean, we're going to be talking about this one for a while, boys. I mean, it's that's a blockbuster. I mean, you, you you can't ask for more in a trade. I mean, I'm so excited for the upcoming season to see how this all plays out for these two teams. I mean, I really like Calgary. I really like Florida. was bummed out when they got swept last year. Who knows? Maybe that physicality is what they need for another kick at the can, you know? It's for Florida or for Calgary. I mean, you get two solid players in their prime like that, a prospect, a first rounder. I mean, right there alone is good tools for a rebuild. If they need to liquidize Huberto and Wegar for more picks and assets, they can do that. So at the trade deadline, they'll have over $25 million in cap next season. I mean, I. I don't see why they couldn't re-sign these guys, but you never know. Maybe they won't want to play there, and they'll want out just like they did in Florida. I'm sure they were talked to the same as Matthew Tuchuk was before this deal was dealt. So, But, yeah, as more news comes, I'll be putting out more content, more podcasts. So going away from it, it's been real nice, real cool. I got a birthday party to go to, so... I'll catch you guys later.